0: From
1: Within with your host, Tony Valen. Welcome to Healing From Within. I'm your host, Tony Valen. This show can be found on our website, TonyValenRadio.com, and on YouTube, just search Tony Valen Radio. On Facebook, and on any of your favorite podcast apps, search Healing From Within with Tony Valen. I created this show to present people that are able to help provide healing, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, and helping with this human experience that we go through called life. The people that have been guests on this show are here to tell a story, their story. When you listen to this story, you find a real person with real experiences that have made them who they are, and they are now on a mission to reach out to the world and reach out to the masses. Joining us on today's show is astrologer and tarot reader, Anita Stewart, aka Aria Sparrow Song. She's been a tarot reader and a caster of astrological charts for over 45 years in the Tampa Bay area, Washington, D.C., and in Europe. Known in the real world as Anita Stewart and previously known as the Tarot Lady, she is a tarot and astrologer scholar and has read oracle cards, cast runes, and has done house blessings throughout Tampa Bay area. She revived the ancient art of tea reading and has also been doing readings with Lenormand cards or a deck, which is very popular in Paris. She's going to tell us all about it later on. So I'll let her extend a little more information on that. Healing only begins as we learn more. Uh, Anita's next project is painting and creating a a new Lenormand deck. So we're going to talk to her now. Anita or area, whichever you prefer. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. And you can use Anita. That's fine.
1: <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Um, so let's get started. The, the first question I always ask my guests is, what are your gifts? And how did your journey begin?
0: Um, my journey began, I, I believe, just searching and reading. And I remember times as a teenager, um, I was extremely gifted just with the English language, with reading, I read a lot. I didn't really know how to play, if that makes any sense. Yes. And I have, I have an, I'm Aries, but I have a Capricorn rising, which made me very serious as a young child and very playful as an old, an oldster. So <laughs> it's kind of like the time gets, the timing gets screwed up with us um, when we have Capricorn in our um, charts. that's prevalent anyway. So I was reading things like the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita and the Bible from beginning to end. And I was really on some kind of spiritual search um, that nothing seemed to, nothing seemed to strike out when I was 14, 15, that really made me stick with it. And I was still going to mass and all of that. So I had that religious aspect, that part of my life. And my father, who was an Aquarius, decided he was gonna bring me um, for my birthday. And I think it was my 15th birthday. He bought me a deck of tarot cards and they were the Aquarian tarot cards, the really pretty Art Deco ones. So right away, I was, I was just totally engrossed in knowing how they worked. Um, I played with them. I started to read for everybody. I was even reading for my cats. Um, so it was, it was kind of an interesting foray into metaphysics at a very young age. And astrology, I understood right away. There were um, some paperback books by the actress Arlene Dahl. And I remember I picked one up for Aries and I read that cover to cover. Then I bought all the other signs and read those cover to cover. And then at the time, as a few years went on, Linda Goodman's Sun Signs came out. And that became a very popular book for people that were seeking more information about astrology. So I bought that book and read that and was just, just absorbing like a sponge, everything I could get my hands on. And w- between the tarot and the astrology, it's like I lockstep step into that whole vibe and that whole energy and how they were a system. When you look at the tarot cards, like for instance, I'm gonna use the Marchetti here. How everything is divided up in suits and how that corresponded with the elements of tarot or with the elements of astrology. It was, it was very much um, esoteric learning, but it all had such an overlap that it worked for me. It put together like when you pull, for instance, this card, the six of wands, you know that coincides with the element of fire you know, for example, Uh, same thing with something like the swords, you know, you know, that corresponds, corresponds with air. And you can go on and on and see that overlap in just about everything. When I picked up the runes initially, it was the same thing. There was overlaps into astrology, overlaps into correspondences with tarot cards, and it all kind of seemed Homogenous, if that is a word I could use, maybe. (laughs) Homogenous, blended, you know.
1: So for people that don't know, can you explain the suits to uh, what each suit means or what can you possibly, what meanings they give to people in their lives?
0: Like, uh, for instance, the tarot cards. Let me define what a tarot deck is first, I guess, because a lot of people kind of confuse that. Yes. Uh, because there are oracle decks, too, that are not tarot, and tarot, that, that's not oracle. And um, the, if for it to be a tarot deck, it has to have a what's called a major arcana um, of 0 to 22 cards, number 0 to 22. Then it has a second section of uh, the major suits, which would be Wands, swords, cups, and pentacles, or something close to that. And um, those are elemental. And you've got your court, you know, so you would have 14 of each of those suits. Uh, so it, a tarot deck has to have at least 78 cards. That's what would make 78. And um, the air, for instance, um, which is the swords, uh, the swords, um, Equals air, the, the wands equals fire, the pentacles equals earth, and um, the cups equal water. So when you're looking at those elements, you're looking them at them in so many different ways. You can correspond to astrology. You can correspond to high magic if you're pagan or Wiccan, mm-hmm. you know, because those elements are used. Um, I would say wands is more of the fire signs like aries leo sagittarius uh swords would be the air signs um water would you know the cups would be the water signs the pentacles would be the earth signs so you can have those kinds of associations as you work with the tarot deck itself and it's interesting how it all overlaps and associates with each other though
1: Absolutely. So in in all the sessions you've done with people, uh, is there a favorite of yours that you've had, you know, a favorite session? I mean, you don't have to tell us about the person, but just the outcome and what what was discovered and what they did for the person.
0: I think that's a really hard question because I really love working with people. And I do this because because I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that our priorities be in the right place because the energy doesn't come from me it comes from somewhere else mm-hmm. i'm just kind of like the conduit that lets it happen right. that it flows through and i i've, I've got to say that every reading i've ever done has taught me something new which i really love um so it's not just an energy that i'm giving to someone else but it's almost like an energy that's reflected back to me so in, in my desire to help people, I'm helping myself as well. You yeah. know, it's that exchange of energy.
1: And I was going to say, because it seems like, uh, or at least I've heard from different people that whenever you do a reading or whenever you, you're you intuitively connected to someone, there's somewhat of a reflection between what you give and get at the same time. So I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. As far as the energy that, that uh, flows in, you know, Whenever I intuitively connected to someone, I, I feel like uh, all of a sudden this funnel opens up on top of my head and water starts pouring in. And this this energy and everything I have to say comes at me so fast that I feel like I can't talk fast enough to say everything. I'm afraid I'm gonna miss something. So have you ever experienced something like that?
0: Yes, it's very, um, it's sometimes it's so plain to see it's exactly that I have, I have a very um, it, it's an aspect, it's an astrological aspect in my third house. And I don't know if sometimes if it's a blessing or a curse, but it's the sun and Mercury both in the Aries and they're conjunct each other in the third house, which, which to me An astrologer says, I have to communicate and I've got to do it now and don't try to stop me. And (laughs) so I, I kind of get that in some readings where, just like you said, it's like the words are tumbling out and they have to be communicated. They have to be kind of, I don't want to use the, well, maybe I will, kind of force fed to the other person. Cause you know, maybe they're, they've been getting this lesson, but they're, they've been getting this lesson from other readers or other people or advice and right. they haven't taken it before, Yeah. but now I'm forcing it on them. Basically, this is, you have to sit and listen and this is coming at you and it has to be part of your personal experience to get this, you yeah, know,
1: exactly. to
0: get this, now, you know,
1: and when someone comes to you for a tarot reading and, you know, we all have come to you with different questions and different needs or whatever, but have you ever, have you ever guided someone to do an astrolog- astrological chart instead of tarot reading?
0: I usually will, if they come for a tarot reading, I give them a tarot reading, but if we discuss maybe some other parts of their lives, what's going on with their lives and they're not too clear um sometimes showing them a diagram let's let's face it we all learn different ways sometimes we learn from hearing sometimes we learn visually um and i would say when you're hearing somebody when i'm reading the cards it's like a story i'm telling them a story um when when i'm advising them with an astrological chart it's definitely more analytical So how is this person, the question is, how is this person going to respond or how will I be able to give them this information and then be able to react and, and, you know, follow through with it. And some people react definitely, definitely in a more, um, like a get it kind of way when you're showing them an astrological chart chart and you're showing them the aspects And with every astrological chart that I do, and I do mine differently than most people, um, most astrologers will print it off. So they're giving the client a printed off something that they may or may not have read. And the client is paying a lot of money for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I. Print it off, but I also have it on my computer. I want to be able to give the client something for their hand, but I want to look at it on the computer and I want to show them how to read their own chart because that's key. Right, is how to read your own chart, how to know about the transits and how the transits affect your daily life. And um, if you can't show that to them, you shouldn't be giving them the reading. You know. Right. Because you want to give them some practical advice based on that chart and how they can take that chart, walk away from y- your appointment and use it in their everyday life in a practical way.
1: You Got know, it. yeah. and uh, do you do charts on yourself or readings on yourselves or your family members or, or are you the type that will not do that? <laughs>
0: I will do simple questions for a family for a family member or good friends. Um, sometimes, you know, people, people keep portions of their life pretty secret and they may need guidance on things, even family members. Um, like I'm in a, I'm in the process, for instance, of buying a house. So I've been pulling cards on that pretty much for myself pretty much all week, you know, to see the status of, um, did the deal go through? Did it not go through? But there is a fine line with that too, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're cyber stalking people, you know? So there's morals and ethics that you have to uphold as well. In regards to doing a reading for somebody, um, like if a woman comes in and she says, this is what cyber stalking is, a woman comes in and she says, um, I really love this man, he hasn't paid me any attention, I want to know what he's doing right now. You know, that's cyber stalking, mm-hmm. that's, there's a fine line there, mm-hmm. and and that's not something, nobody would be able to pay me to do that to somebody else, because you you're know- giving yeah, you're giving a reading for someone that didn't give you permission to do that. Right, you know? no,
1: exactly. No, I agree with you. And, you know, that's, uh, for me, whenever they come to me and start asking questions like that, I, I, in a very kind way, you know, I start directing them in the sense of, well, maybe we need to talk about you. And right. need for someone else's attention, you know, what's happening, you know, and, and then I can... Because I, I'm more connect to a person on a, I don't know how to say it, on a personal basis than than a, uh, on on a basis of wishing or you know will this or will this happen or will that happen or whatever I'm I'm more about I I feel I can feel your soul so to speak you know, and I know where you, I know who you are even before you open your mouth I can look in your eyes and look right to your soul and sometimes we have that. Deep something inside of us that we can't see or can't deal with. So I feel it's my responsibility to gently pull it out and have them face that. Because a lot of times when you do that, people really feel a lot better and they can get on with life and they stop worrying about someone else's attention. And and all of a sudden they're the ones that are, are getting the attention from other people because they they feel confident and they are confident and it's very right. uh, reflective on them you know um so um, I was going to ask you uh, I, in reading your bio it talks about you come from a musical background and I know that uh, you know you do things with music and whatever can you tell us more about that side of your life because we have to have more than just reading other people's <laughs>
0: Um, Music has always been a part of my life. My father owned a rock and roll radio station. I think it was the first one in Western Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And he knew Dick Clark and people like that. Dick Clark over in Philadelphia was having his famous, you know, bandstand Mm -hmm. TV show that was all pretty fledgling at that time. And um, as I got older, um, of course, he had his station in the 60s. So... um, my, my brother took on music and, and did um, it was in a band and a couple bands. And we also were classically trained um, in school. So I took choir and music theory and, and uh, choir and church as well, Catholic church. Um, But as I got older, it was, it was like the cool thing to, to be absorbed with classical music and rock. So we're talking about the the time frame of like the bands like yes and um moody blues and the and the bands that you you would call art rock or classic rock so I got older and and life took over and um I I seem to always have an instrument whether it was a guitar or um I played flute for a while um, but as I got older um i decided that politics was not my forte i I had done some political work and so we're talking here i am in my 50s (laughs) and i took on playing ukulele joining a ukulele club Um, then i brought i bought so far sounds which is um, a live music showcase to tampa they have them in uh, major cities all over the world where you have um, bands that that will come and do like house shows, or you think of these really cool venues where you can gather people and and curate these really cool music shows. Uh, So So Far Sounds is out of London. And I moved away for a short time. So I turned it over to somebody else. And unfortunately, Tampa hasn't Come back with it. They haven't had any shows recently, um, but we're looking to maybe at some point pull something like that together again. Right. So in the meantime, I now I write. I'm the managing editor for Rocket Night, uh, which is a online, digital, and in print magazine. It's an international magazine. Um, so I write review interview musicians um i just did a an album review today and i'm probably going to do another one before the day is over and i always have my ukulele handy here it is right here right so i'm always playing and um hope to get more involved with the tampa bay ukulele society they're a pretty big group now and yeah, and my friend had started the one that was in East Pasco. So eventually when she moved out of the area, it absorbed into the Tampa Bay one. So it's all one big one. And there's live jams and there's online jams.
1: So so in everything that you're involved with and the way your life has gone, do you feel that you are where you're meant to be? And are you happy where you are?
0: Yes. Yeah, I am. In, in my retire, I feel like I'm accomplishing more as a retired person now than I was when I was in the work world, for sure, you know, yeah. and that's on every level, you know, politics, I, it just, to me, it seemed like a dead end for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an environmental person, which I, I spent many years and a lot of heartbreaks doing that kind of work. And I just feel at this point in my life, it's time to follow whatever is blissful.
1: Right. You know? um, so if you could do anything in life and, you know, you have no limitations, no worries, no anything, what would it be that you'd be doing?
0: I would probably travel more. I think it's become travel, especially international travel has become pretty challenging, especially with COVID and everything no. that's going on. Um, but I would probably travel to some of those places that I haven't been to when I was young. Um, I spent a lot of time in Europe when I was younger, I would probably go back to and pick up on those places that I didn't get to go to throughout Europe. At least I'd start there. You know, I liked Mexico. I really would like to see more of that country because there's some beautiful parts there that I did not see. Mm -hmm. Um, I love cruises but I think they keep you too contained for too long. Does that make sense? You're on Yeah, the boat yeah, boat I, yeah because
1: whenever I've done cruises I have to tell you that they offer the excursions and whatnot. I never go on the excursions. As soon as we land somewhere I go off on my own. They just tell me when I have to be back and I'm out and I'm looking at uh, for lack of a better word the the real country, the real people and Visiting places that not everyone would visit, because that's just who I am. I like to see different, you know, than others. Um, Do you have any uh, events coming up or classes or books or anything you'd like to tell us about?
0: I'm doing a goddess class right now based on um, a friend of mine who passed away from ovarian cancer back in 2007. Her name was Shakina Mountainwater. And she had written the um, goddess book. Um, It was called Ariadne's Thread. And she also created a set of women runes. I have those right here, but uh, these can be purchased on Etsy. The book is hard to get. You can get it in some discount outlets as far as um, Ariadne's Thread, but this is the women runes book. And okay. the deck, which you can buy on Etsy. And um Shekinah was quite a, a force in women's spiritualities. So to get to gather women around the teaching of that book um, is gonna is gonna be pretty amazing. And we've done the first chapter already. Um, this this is a course of a year and a day. Gotcha. And and then the next thing I'm gonna be Possibly working on is um, another associate of Shakina's was um, a tarot creator. She was she was a pagan witch. She was an animal advocate. Um, she was quite a woman. She was uh, her name was Flash Silvermoon. She was from Melrose, Florida, outside of Gainesville. She had a huge property there. And there's over the past couple of years, she died right after Hurricane Irma. Mm-hmm. And um, after Hurricane Irma, nothing was ever the same for her. Her health started to fail. Uh, but her land is still there and it's for sale. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get a group of women together that can actually purchase the land and make it into a place for, where women gather and some type of memorial for Flash. And mm-hmm. you can see Flash Silver Moon. When you look up her website, her website is still up online. So she died, I think it was 2018, but it was very early in the year.
1: I see. Wow. Um, so if people want to get a hold of you for a reading or for anything, can you tell us uh, how to get a hold of you, your websites, your social media, anything? All of us.
0: Yes. If you look up Tarot and Stars anywhere, tarotandstars.com. Um, Or hashtag tarot and stars. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook Um, except I've been banned for three days on Facebook because I was a bad girl, but (laughs) (laughs) which I think is happening to quite a few people when they express their opinion about something. So, um, but anyway, you can find me there tarot and stars um, and you know, I do in-person readings here in Tampa, Mm -hmm. or I do online, FaceTime, you know, Facebook. I have used Zoom on many occasions as well.
1: Gotcha. What about a phone number for people that want to verbally? um, 813-312-2292.
0: Perfect.
1: Okay, great. Well, Anita, I want to thank you so much for this uh, interview. You know, it was very interesting talking to you and um, just uh, I'm grateful and humbled that you would take the time to talk to us.
0: I think it's great. And I definitely need to hear more about your show or listen in. So I will be doing that going forward.
1: production.